it was on TV and everybody wanted to talk about it. And, you know, that, so everybody gets involved and it kind of, the, anything kind of like we were talking about before, where it could be Mm -hmm. a hybrid goes away. It's understood in a very, very limited, um, you know, because you say swing music and everybody goes, tells the one thing they know about swing music, which is like World War II, right? And, or or they, they mischaracterize it as 50s, right? They kind of look at it right. as Ozzy and Harriet, you yeah. know, dressing like Ozzy and Harriet. Because swing music in the golden age was the war years, you know? It was very, it was, yeah. it was gnarly, right? Mm-hmm. But somehow it got turned into, this is nice, and... And you know, and and uh, value system, you know, retro, retro <laughs> reactionary value systems. Yeah, you know, so it kind of got fucked up. Yeah, I agree with that. But um, you guys are going to be in San Francisco uh, on right. November 24th at Slim. Have you guys That's played right. there over the years? We have. We have. It's been a long time, but we have played there. Right. Um, uh, and this show. This little tour when we got on San Francisco is totally different. In, in uh, California, we're going to be playing. Uh, it's kind of an opportunity for us to play some stuff that we haven't played in a long time, which is our ska stuff. So okay. we're going to be playing uh, kind of a ska, ska core kind of show and a throwback to when we started. Because when we started, we, okay, when we started, we played swing music, right? 50% right. of the music that we played, our first mm-hmm. songs are like, Dr. Bones and stuff that's on Zoot Suit Riot, because Zoot Suit Riot is a, a compilation of stuff, you know, from our earlier records. So our first songs are swing, swing music. And when we started touring, we, you know, they when, when you arrive in Salt Lake City, they say, who, you know, who do we put with this band? Well, they have horns, let's put them with a ska band. Because there was ska uh-huh. So we ended up playing with a lot of these ska bands and funk bands, right? Either a funk mm-hmm. band or a ska band. Right. And so we have, we, you know, a certain percentage of our stuff was ska and funk, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, it was like we did play swing stuff. There was no swing scene, you know, it was like that was just what we did best, right? Right. And, uh, so, but we'd play the ska and play the funky stuff and people liked it, right? So we'd have a mm-hmm. percentage of our, of our music would be swing. Mm-hmm. And percentage of our music would be ska and funk, and we did it kind of equally well, really. Um, and uh, so there are, there's a lot of people out there who remember us as a swing or as a ska band, right? And so if mm-hmm. you take a daddy's record and you split it up, you could say, well, there's like three ska songs, and there's five swing songs, and there's some other f- a funk song, and then there's mm-hmm. like this weird metal thing, and then you know that's kind of how we are, right? So, nice. and uh, so this. Show the shows that we're going to play in California are an opportunity. Mm-hmm. What we're calling like our ska punk tour. So we will play, we will play like Zoot Zoot Riot and a couple of swing songs. But we're going to play a lot of tunes that people haven't heard for a long time, because uh, we've been doing. Nowadays we play swing, swing shows that are kind of uh, you know at a big performing arts center or something, not a club show. You know what I mean? We'll play a swing show, um, you know, in a festival or at a you know, like a performing arts center for people where they don't even, where there's a little place to dance or something like that, but it's a large show, right? Right. But we don't get a chance to turn up the amps and rock out and play ska and, you know, and ska punk stuff. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our new record about, I'd say about 
I don't know, a, cool, a third, maybe half even, is ska punk, right? Nice. So, so it's a chance to play stuff off our new record and play stuff from the early days that we that people have just wanted to people outside of the northwest have never heard this stuff you know they they've heard oh, the wow. records but they never heard us play it you know I see. San Francisco San Francisco we play it because we've been playing down there for a million years i think even there's a <laughs> bam or something in bam years ago we were we were voted best new alternative band or something even though we didn't even live there so <laughs> that's how often we went down to San Francisco people thought we lived there Awesome. Yeah, I was like, I wonder if he lives here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, a lot it of was. People live here. <laughs> it was super often. We just come down because we have friends down there, and you know, we, we constantly play at like Paradise Lounge and DNA and oh, I uh, Big American Music Hall. Briefly, and, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So yeah, the little club. We started little clubs, and then we moved up to oh, and the, the Night Break on the Hate. We used to play that place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just little clubs. And then we moved up and started playing Amer- Great American Music Hall a lot. And, uh, you know, it was just, we kind of just kept on, kept on rolling. Kept it going. Yeah. And what was it like, um, what was the experience recording the latest album versus, you know, some of the older material? What was different? Uh, it was, it, it was nice because the last, before that, the last three records have been swing records, right? Mm-hmm. So it was a chance to kind of, for me, um, two of the last three records, I think, were, uh, you know, very uh, based on, like we did a 20s, uh, before it, we did a 20s and 30s kind of uh, cotton club, like jazz style, mm-hmm. sort of banjo and retro in- instrumentation and stuff like that. And we did a sort of a, a Sinatra-y kind of uh, big band, kind of elegant, you know, Great American Songbook kind of record. And then we did a kind of a blues, blues, jump blues kind of thing with a few covers and some originals. But so it, it had been do we had been doing that. So I hadn't really kind of got the, it wasn't weird, you know. It was mm-hmm. known quantity stuff that was done really well, kind of saying, hey, we, we, can, we can do, we're weirdos, but we can play we can pass for orthodox, you know, so we can do that just as well as anybody else. You know, we could like in February, we're playing with a symphony, you know, we can do that. We're good mm-hmm. musicians and we, we like good music and we can, you, you know, your grandma really will like it, you know, and, uh, but, I bet she would. but Jerry Bob and Daddy's is, is, uh, is a lot stranger than that. You know, in, in essence, it's, you know, there's a Zappa side to it. And like I said, there's a ska punk kind of a lot of we're, we're only interested in marginalized scenes. It seems you know, like right. we're interested in like glam rock and glitter rock and ska <laughs> and swing and rockabilly and psychobilly. Nothing that anybody is actually interested in. You know, really, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's all very, um, you know, stuff that that is would be hard to get interested in. You know, and very mm-hmm. coastal. Yeah, absolutely. And where can people find you online? What's the best? Um, Daddies.com, D-A-D-D-I-E-S, daddies.com. You know, so, and it's like, it's a home business, you know, so they they can, they can hear the record. You know, there's some of, some of it's put up on YouTube. You can go to Facebook page. There's some videos. 
from the new, of the new record. We're on Spotify. Mm-hmm. We're on all those places. But if you want to buy vinyl or a CD or something like that, with the, you know, mm-hmm. signed and help the band out yep. financially, you can come to Daddy.com. Yep. And I'm literally the guy who goes to the, you know, I'm the one. I get it. So it's all care is taken. You know, when somebody helps us out, it's very, you know, it goes to daddies.com. It's very appreciated, and and it's not like some business. It's, you know, a home business. It's us. It's uh, it's DIY. Like the, That's right. Oh. That's what we do. <laughs> and do you know who else is going to be performing with you guys? I don't. I don't okay. know that. It's so I, I, bet it, I, I wonder if it's going to be, I would like it to be like a ska punk kind of show like a throwback show to the old okay. days because it's going to be loud and again there is going to be some swing music but i we've uh-huh. tried to advertise it and this is one of the reasons i'm talking to you is yeah. i'm trying to say hey this is you know because sometimes people come to the shows and uh-huh. because of the amount of stuff we play and the various things that we can do mm-hmm. you know we've had it we have it go both ways sometimes they show you show up to the show and it's like too um you know, too many, not rock, not, uh, you know, it's too swingy you know, for some people. Okay. And they go, oh, uh-huh. I wanted to hear this one song that's, uh-huh. you know, the distorted guitar and it's loud and they didn't play that. I really want to hear Irish whiskey, you know. Or, they, you know, this one's going to be the opposite of that. You're going to hear Irish yeah. whiskey. It's going to be loud. People are going to be jumping around. You're not going to hear, I wanted you to play the, you know, the. So there are some people who come for the other thing. So I mm-hmm. tried really mm-hmm. hard to say, hey, this is not, we're not taking a new direction. We're all, we're still yeah. going to play these swing, beautiful swing music, elegant shows. And, you know, yeah. depending on the venue, we'll uh-huh. do that. But at Slim's, we won't be doing that. We will be playing loud and we're going to, we're going to be playing, um, you know, the ska stuff from the early, early records and mm-hmm. some stuff from mm-hmm. the new records, but all the stuff, uh, you know, that, the ska punk stuff we're going to be doing. So, like, in the early, in the old days when we played DNA Lounge, a lot of this stuff we'd play. DNA. Love it. <laughs> oh, do you have another call coming? No, I got it. I could go. <laughs> I figured it out. Busy man. <laughs> well, me personally, I love just a little bit of, of everything, but, you Well, know. then you like the daddies. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm easy to please. This is in that respect. But um, I can definitely, you know, ask around, too, and see if there's anyone local that would be interested. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I haven't talked to, I haven't really done, the, I haven't talked to Slims yet or the promotion, promoter side of things, so I don't know what mm-hmm. they're planning um, mm-hmm. from that. You know, it's a, it's a ways away now. It's like yeah. in November, so I don't, I really don't know. But that's the, from what we're doing, I'm re- like we did some shows like this in the Northwest, and I was really, you know, I first thing I would do is go online and say, hey, this is going to be a ska punk show, and uh-huh. is, you know, and a lot of people got a, a lot of fans got really excited about it. But then I would see occasional <laughs> comments like from like uh, oh, ladies, you know, I really, I really, I want to get mar- margaritas and get on our swing outfits. I, I felt like sad because it's like, oh man, I want to give you that. I want to give you your night, your swing night, but. This is not okay. the night that it's going to be, you know. Right, this is, right. you know, you'll like it though. You'll yeah. show up and you'll like the music and you'll hear it. But you're, if you were, if you're thinking you're going to swing dance all night long, this is not the night that it's going to be. It's going to be a yeah. few, a few swing songs, but the rest of it's going to be danceable, good, 
you know, and when I say punk, it's not punk like that. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's melodic, you know. It's the good stuff. It's the good stuff. <laughs> It's, it's the, we're putting together the you know we've been around since 1988 and we're putting together a set of mm-hmm. stuff that works really well that people like but we don't play all the time yeah those are the best those are the best songs let me tell you that's right As being in the audience i love like the b-sides the rarity the stuff that you don't normally get to hear because well all of our like, stuff is you know? very you know is, is you know, a B-side, everything we do is very labored over. You know, a B-side mm-hmm. is not something that's not a throwaway. You know, right. everything we do is, is we give 100% to. So it's not like, oh, we play swing music and occasionally we throw off these, you know, kind of shitty ska songs or a punk rock song. No, either, some of our best songs are, are like, I'd say Irish Whiskey is the one I always mentioned. It's mm-hmm. one of our most famous songs. I mean, it's a it's like punk rock, you know. Yeah. But it, the, but the sentiment of it is so um, universal mm-hmm. that you know it's become one of this. It's it's like a it's powerful, you know, and uh, it just doesn't have the sound like you know it sounds like Bad Religion or something. You know, it's like well, it's Cherry Bob and Daddy's, but you know. <laughs> But you but it's know. just one song, you know. It's just one mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. But it, it it the song has to be the way that it is to have the impact, the emotional impact that it does, you know. Absolutely. Well, we look forward to having you. Um, it's, it's still a few months away, but it's something to look forward to and plan for. So, I am definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, that is going to be it's going to be really fun. The, the, the most fun I've had. You know, as a um, musician, really, in the old days, was going down to yeah. San Francisco because I had, had so many friends. We, yes. There's you know, with the, the, after the show, it, everything had just start, get, got started. You know, we yeah. were done with the show, mm-hmm. and then, mm-hmm. then everything really started. <laughs> we'd, go till the, we'd go till the morning. This, this you speak <laughs> truth right now. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> TBD. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, it was great to chat with you, and I hope everything goes well until we see you on November 24th. That sounds great. All right. Have a great one. All right. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you later.
Bright as Thomas Edison, but Gucci manhood. He stood alone for so long, prolonged his whole career, but now he's here. You can shoot shots, so cheer, cause I am. To get the fixing that you're itching for Your family stopped inviting you to things Won't let you hold the infant you Used to get a little uh, 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 From time to time But the freaks ain't trying To sleep with crackheads It's in stones In glass homes You're smoking stones In abandoned homes You hit them stones and you broke your home. Crack rock, crack rock, crack rock. Cricket cap, that cap. How much dough can you push to me? Cricket cap, that cap. No good for community. Fucking picket shots. 300 men will search for me. My brother get pops and don't know I'm here. Sound. Don't know I'd hear the rounds. Sound. Don't know I'd hear the shouts. Shouts. Don't know I'd hear the sound. Don't know I'd disturb the peaceful riots. Don't know I'd disrupt Nirvana. Don't know. Do it. 
back. Shoot. Ten damn days. And now I got the chauffeur with the shoes and shows and chauffeurs with roll rage. To the same damn ad lib. Always. Still gotta let him in, no practice. Still gotta burn him in, no lacking. Still a lot of jams, nigga, no Jackson. No Jordan, we toe tagging. I take it to the land where the lake made of sand and the milk don't pour and the honey don't dance and the money ain't yours. That's the red pill. Got a blue and a handful of Advils. I'm the new nitty. Fucking nitty to old me. So I'ma tell the buyer what nitty told me. Yeah. I got that, mm, mm. I got that, goddamn. I'm your pusher, man. I'm your, I'm your pusher, man. Pimp slapping, toe tagging. I'm just trying to fight the man. I'm your pusher, man. I'm your, I'm your pusher, man. See my face in the streets and the tweets and the reader where the red eye if you eat sometimes. She got blisters on her knees, she a fiend for the D, even though I only beat one time. One time, it was one, two times, it was true, bless me, it was three sometimes. Shouts out to Nate, I jack ball and I bop, I flex. Got neck from all of these stars, I sex. Rastafari, I shot us, yes. I safari, me casa, yes. Bobby feel to that papa. She came to party, she popped the molly, said, come to papa, she said, papa, yes. I got that, mm. I got that goddamn. I'm your pusher man. I'm your, I'm your pusher man. Pimp slapping, toe tagging. I'm just trying to fight the man. I'm your pusher man. I'm your, I'm your pusher man. Saberhood, hood savior, baby boy, still getting ID for swishers. 
I'ma still watch my bros. Still with the same money militia. I'ma still watch my bros. Trapped in the middle of the map with a little bitty rock and a little bit of rap. That with a little every knack and a little shitty mac and like a little really jack. Sun in my eyes and my gun on my hip. Paranoia on my mind, got my mind on the fritz. But a lot of niggas dying, so my nine with the shits. I've been riding around with my blunt on my lips. With the sun in my eyes and my gun on my hip. Paranoia on my mind, got my mind on the fritz. But a lot of niggas dying, so my nine with the shits. Kids here, why you think they don't talk about it? They deserted us here. Where the fuck is Matt Lauer at? Somebody get Katie Couric in here. Probably scared of all the refugees. Look like we had a fucking hurricane here. Are we shooting whether it's dark or not? I mean, the days is pretty dark a lot. Down here, it's easier to find a gun than it is to find a fucking parking spot. No love for the opposition. Specifically a cop position, cause they never been in opposition, getting violations from the nation, correlating you drastically. I've been riding around with my blunt on my lips, with the sun in my eyes and my gun on my hip. Paranoia on my mind, got my mind on the fritz. But a lot of niggas dying, so my nine with the shits. I've been riding around with my blunt on my lips, with the sun in my eyes and my gun on my hip. Paranoia on my mind, got my mind on the fritz. But a lot of niggas dying, so my nine with the shits. between knowing it's over and dying first cause everybody dies in the summer wanna say goodbyes tell them while it's spring I heard everybody's dying in the summer so pray to God for a little more spring I know you scared you should ask us if we scared to if you was there just knew you cared to Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just 
fuck the face, mm-hmm. I don't know her name, mm-hmm. Tom Brady, Tony Snow, I just back those your hoes. Go and brace that the jewel. I just suicide my door. Candy yams in the park, man. Living life, need no. I just couldn't let me breathe. Baby, yes, it's on my sleeve. Purring my little codeine. Blind your eye with my ring. You ain't never gonna see me. I can tell it in my car, High fashion, mm mm-hmm. John Madden, mm mm-hmm. Bisex, mm mm-hmm. No relation, mm mm-hmm. mm the jet, mm mm-hmm. mm 60K, mm mm-hmm. mm Austin Powell, mm mm-hmm. mm Steve Cigar, mm mm-hmm. Hard to kill, mm mm-hmm. Suck the guards, mm mm-hmm. mm Hide your rod, mm mm-hmm. She photoshop, mm mm-hmm. mm I'm photogenic, mm mm-hmm. I just bit in the bit, mm mm-hmm. mm Get the turn, Watch this. Oh! 
can't have no sympathy for fuck, nigga. All this shit I seen to made my blood, nigga. Spill from medicine inside the double cup. Double up my cream, now that's a double stuff. Yeah. Please don't hit my phone if it ain't about no commas Keep the peace like Dalai Lama, big body hummus Backing out the parking spot and throw the lobby on him He exempt Sean Kempy, keep that 40 on him Go Motivate, 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 I'm trying to hide, I'm popping a pill, I'm feeling alive. I'm feeling alive, 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 I'm feeling alive. Whoa, Saturday, I feel like taking a PJ, fly to the on a weekday, eating ceviche, but like half of a million inside of my briefcase, a couple of freaks play, and they don't speak English, but the money is something that they can complain day, and I got bread like I'm Green Day. I come around and they heads turn, used to like bitches with hair perm, now I like it natural, actual, factual, naps and shit, bougie still. Do ratchet shit, not afraid to pass the clip before I make the ratchet spit. Blah. Motivate, 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 No one's perfect, but no one's worthless. We ain't deserving of everything heaven and earth is, but word is good. This is my home. So no one's perfect, but no one's worthless. We ain't deserving of everything heaven and earth is, but word is good. Northern California. Hey, they better tell it, play a medic in the skin and shit. I never turn the street. I'm a California nigga and I'm heavy in the streets. 22 or 23, I'm heavy with the heat. Took a bad route. I didn't got my bands up, a nigga stacked now. But we've been 
still OT on that bullshit. I don't wanna have to do it, empty full clips. All these niggas talking robbing, they don't do shit. High Cali niggas tapped in, we a cook shit. Bustin' on my neck, niggas reach, get stretched. Rockin' with this tech, niggas better wear a vest. Last year I was broke, young nigga in the crest. Now I show 20 better broke, niggas keep the rest. I Welcome to Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Oh my DUI. I already feel a kinship with everyone here, all right? I don't think anyone's here for like any of the right reasons. Uh, I feel like that. Uh, no one's here like I wanted to hear like, you know, a Jim Gaffigan record tonight, you know, about like good quality family time. Would that be correct? Awesome. Um... So I'm Chris. You guys are stuck with me uh, for a little while. I'll be like bringing everyone up and like kind of uh, emceeing the thing or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess you could go with that too. Yeah, absolutely. I love San Francisco. Yeah, like I mean, I'm I'm from Boston, and like you know, like you know, everyone's so like nice here. Like in Boston, like they think you know they'll call you a homophobic slur if you smile you know and like everyone's just like very like friendly around here and uh it's hard to get used to because i live in boston i live in a a part of boston called somerville and uh i'll break down somerville for you it's uh it's like a neighborhood that was historically blue collar but it, it got gentrified the past few years so sometimes you see like this clash in cultures like the other day i'm just walking down the street drinking a bottle of water and, like, this grizzled, towny-looking guy just comes right up to me, and he just goes, Hey! What's in the bottle? And, and I was like, it's water. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah? Water in what? I was like, nah, man, it's just water. So, you know what he did? He called me a yuppie. <laughs> All right, not everyone's on board. All right, so... um if you don't know that term yuppie, it's just a slang term. It just means young urban professional. <laughs> and that's cute because I'm 33 and unemployed. So uh, I'm just fucking with you guys. <laughs> 34. Um, <laughs> God damn it. 35. Um, the joke's like two years old. Um, since I wrote that joke, um, I, I got a job. Now during the day, I work for a tech-based healthcare company. I don't know what the fuck that is, but I do it. Um, no one seems to believe I'm in that line of work because I look like a can of Coors Light came to life. But uh, <laughs> it's not nice. I, uh, I actually worked for my previous employer. They like laid me off, and then they brought me back. Which is, like, really fucked up because I wasn't really crushing it in my last position. Like, my last performance review, all it said was, Chris does what's required of him. (laughs) And the fucked up thing is that's not even true, all right? (laughs) You know, I'm not required to steal printers. So, like, uh, 
I saw him out of my car back home, so, uh, yeah. I actually didn't uh, get a driver's license, though, until I was 28 years old, though, because I suffer from intense anxiety. Sup, ladies? And, uh... So, like, once I, I got into my 20s, dating got to be a little awkward, you know, because, like, I'd ask a woman out, and she'd be like, okay, are you going to pick me up? And I'd be like, no. I'm not going to pick you up, because I don't have a car. Because I don't have a license. Because I suffer from anxiety. Because, <laughs> you know, that sounds like really weak and timid, right? So you know what I did? I just told my had a DUI, you know? Because <laughs> that sounds noble, at least, right? <laughs> so finally, when I was 28, I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I got to get a car, you know? Because sad buying Coke on a bike. And... Uh, <laughs> You guys ever have a Coke dealer laugh at you? <laughs> He's like, bitch, nice helmet. So, uh, <laughs> all right, quick timeout. I don't do Coke anymore, so you can, like, shake my hand after the show, or unless you have Coke, uh, give it to me for free. Um, no, it, it got to be too intense, so I quit. Like, I'll give you an example. I remember doing cocaine with my friends in my 20s. Uh, we would say things like, all right, let's go out to the bar, and we'll meet some women, and we'll shut the bar down, all right? Because the night's young and the sky's the limit. When I do coke in my 30s, I say things like, I'll stab my boss. <laughs> Just occurred to me that's a pretty grim thing to say in a hosting spot. Like, I'm actually trying to be warm and engaging to, like, make the other comics look better. So here's the thing in comedy. Uh, when you're the host, uh, you're supposed to be, like, you know, warm and engaging and not say, like, a lot of dirty things in your time up top. But um, I live in Boston where, like, everything is cured by Jameson. So, like, I wouldn't know, like, you know, how that works. So, But um, it was fun, though, getting a license at 28, though, in Boston, though. Like, it's kind of like learning to hate again. And uh, I can remember my first road rage incident because this guy, like, cut me off. So I cut him off. And we just started cutting each other off back and forth, back and forth until we're neck and neck on the road. And he just rolls down his window and starts screaming at me verbatim. Your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, you're all fucking dead. You fucking hear me? They're dead. Everyone you love is dead. My first thought was, like, everyone I love, like, half that list won't make the cut, you know? <laughs> like, not even close. <laughs> My second thought was, he's going to say something racist, and I know what you guys are thinking. Chris, how could that be? You're white. I'm like, it's Boston. He'll find a way, and uh, <laughs> he'll back into it, right? Thing is, I grew up in Boston, so I'm, like, used to those types of situations, and I can handle myself, but I was still new to driving, all right? I'm just trying to keep my hands at 10, 2 o'clock and not ram into a fucking pole, okay? I didn't know what to do, so when this guy threatened to kill my entire family, I just replied, hey, that's illegal. <laughs> it was real slick. He goes, I don't give a fuck if I go to jail for the rest of my fucking life, you hear me? I was like, all right, this guy's insane, all right? So we step on the gas, and we're coming up towards an intersection, and he just goes to me. He goes, you hear me? I ain't scared of shit. I ain't scared of shit. And just then we come to the intersection, and the light turns yellow. I keep going. I look back, and he stopped at the light. 
I just thought, man, there's some lines you just don't cross, you know? <laughs> so this is a DUI-related show. Um, I, I actually don't have a DUI, uh, but I, I will say one time my car broke down. Uh, my car broke down uh, in an intersection uh, during rush hour in the pouring rain, and my alternator died, and... Uh, I'm not too savvy with cars, but to explain that to everyone, that means your brake lights don't work, nothing works. So literally my car was just like a a two-ton paperweight in the middle of rush hour traffic. So I literally had to get out of my car and start like directing everyone around me during rush hour traffic. And all of a sudden a cop just walks up to me and he just goes, hey, move your car, get it out of the fucking street, all right? I was like, "I I I can't, my car died. He goes, well then put your hazards on. I was like, I can't put my hazards on. My alternator died, all right? My brake lights don't work. Nothing works. The car's dead. I'm screwed. He just goes, oh. Well, good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) And he just peels out. So every car that kept driving by me just keeps going, put your hazards on. So after about 20 cars, it starts like building to this crescendo, right? And the vein in my forehead starts popping in and out and in and out. And finally, after the 20th car drove past me and goes, put your hazards on, I just look at him and I go, I am the fucking hazard! (laughs) And it all worked out. Guys, are you ready for this show to start? Come on, like you mean it! So psyched for this show. This lineup is killer. Everyone, put your hands together. Welcome to the stage. You're our first comic for the evening. Jay, Wook. Yeah, give it up for Chris, everybody. Give it up. Uh, full disclosure, I'm a very good drunk driver. Since you guys in the Bay Area invited, invited invented Uber, I no longer, I've retired. Unlike Jordan, I will not come out of retirement. I'm going to do it right. But I have a lot of stories. Um, when I was young, I think my parents knew that this is what was going to happen. And uh, when I had my permit, went over to my buddy Reddick's house. Love that guy. Shout out, Reddick. I love using real names. It makes it better. And drank all night. Went hard. Went crazy. Totally stupid. 15. Woo! Spring break. It was great. It was great. And then my dad rolled up at 7 o'clock in the morning. We stopped drinking around 6. And he made me drive home. You guys were practicing for one driving test. I was practicing for a completely different one. And, you know, I think he was just getting me prepared for this kind of lifestyle. I mean, I'm not happy about a lot of choices I've made, clearly. I don't eat well. I have drank and drove, and uh, I got so good at it in high school. Um, it was like this was, you know, my first time ever drunk driving was with a permit. My first time, like, ever, like, coming down to it, I borrowed my mom's minivan because what better, you know, put a bunch of drunk teenagers in one vehicle <laughs> instead of all of us hitting each other with a bunch of vehicles. It's great. And it, this was my first time experiencing two stop signs right next to each other. And I look over to my buddy Reddick. Yeah, he's kind of involved in a lot of my drunk driving stories. Maybe he invite, invented Uber. <laughs> Fucking A. Oh, I love you guys. Uber, Uber, Uber. Invited, invited, invited. But no, and uh, 
And he said, dude, just close one eye. And I was like, but which one's the right one? Like, I just picked, and we all made it home. Give it up. No one died. Like, these are my DUI, my oh, my DUI stories are about success. They're about good stuff, you know? And uh, too bad I couldn't use Uber for this last one, because, again, this is my retirement story right here. Did a show in Stockton. You guys ever been there? Whew, yeah, no one clapped for that either. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Luckily, I was driving while white as well as driving while influenced. <laughs> They're not looking for me there. They're just not. And I felt real confident about that. But guess what? They found me. They found me. And uh, if you guys have teenagers or, you know, want to teach someone how to be great, the Michael Jordan of DUI, the G-O-A-T of D-U-I, Goat, greatest of all time. Yeah, I called it at driving drunk. I, I want I want the news to have me drive drunk on Thanksgiving to show people the effects of it because I think I could beat that test. You guys never watch. You never see, fuck it. All right, never mind. I do. I think I could prove them wrong. You know, some of us we're not all built the same. This guy can do gang load of cocaine and be perfectly fine. You know, he's built different. We're all built different. I can handle this. But my last time I got pulled over in Stockton, and I'm with another comic. She's like, oh, my God, you're going to go to jail. Now am I going to get home? <laughs> I said, I'm worried about the same thing. <laughs> Not at all. Just, I was like, chill out. And so I have this little thing, a scope in my car for emergencies or before I go in and kiss my wife. And uh, I was like, I got to use it now. And uh, I put it in there, and I was like, can't spit it out so just held it in my mouth and I was I gotta swallow like a champ I took it down like it's prom night the whole thing no scope anywhere okay so that's one thing I have bad tendencies where I'm a bad person scope in the car just look for those things if your son has scope in the car it's not for a good reason the worst Thing, the best thing to come out of that would be he gets a girl pregnant, okay? There's no reason to have scope in the car. Get this scope out of the car. But I also cruise with coffee and cigarettes because that masks stuff up. So I told her, look, I'm really worried about you getting home too, but you need to light up two cigarettes real quick. And she did, and I said, now just chill the fuck out. Roll the windows all the way down, turn the car off, put the keys on the dashboard. They come over, grab my ID, and they go, hey, you know why we pulled you over? I said, yeah. And I pulled out, and it wasn't safe. It's always the safest thing to say. I had no fucking idea why he pulled me over. And he goes, well, give me your ID. Look around, check it all out. Let me go. I, I wouldn't clap for that either. They clearly did not do a good job. All right? I drove all the way there pre-gaming. I enjoyed the game while the show went on and drove home right after. I didn't go run a mile first. I had way better parking than I got here. You can fucking where I park. I'm going to walk this fucking buzz off, that's for sure. Gosh. But, you know, it's bad. Sometimes you're really good at stuff, and it's not for anyone's good. But support your children if they're good at something like this. And be like my dad. And just, you know, start on their permit. Because if you get a DUI and you don't have a license, I don't think it counts. And I think that's why he did it. Hey, everybody, thank you very much. My name is Jay Rook. Jay Rook, everybody. Keep it going for him. 
Jay was talking about scope. Uh, I accidentally uh, sold scope uh, to my neighbors as a kid. Um, when I was a kid, I wanted money for a bike, and my dad was like, I'm not giving you money. Find a way to get the money for the bike. And uh, I noticed all the kids in my neighborhood like had lemonade stands, which is a nice way to turn a buck, but I looked in the fridge. We had no lemonade. He was like, you got to find a way to get the money for the bike. So I looked all through the house to find something to sell. And I came across a case of Listerine. <laughs> I was like, fuck it, I'll sell that, <laughs> all right? So I sold it for a dollar a cup, like at a stand, all right? <laughs> but I knew no one would buy it, so I sold it as mint drink. <laughs> <laughs> and business was booming, people were buying it. Here's the thing, I don't know if you guys remember, um, in the early 1990s, Listerine was like 27% alcohol, so like, I guess some of the neighborhood kids were going home like slurring their speech or something like that, I don't know, not really my problem, but uh, <laughs> so all the kids in the neighborhood, their parents like grabbed them and they're like, oh my god, who did this to you? And they all ratted me out, you know, because dr drunks can't keep a secret, you know, so uh, <laughs> they all call my dad and, uh, you know, they ratted me out and... Uh, my parents, you know, when it came time to discipline me, my mom looked at me and uh, she goes, Chris, I'm so disappointed in you. I can't believe you did this. I, I'm disgusted. I'm ashamed of you. I just felt horrible. And then I look at my, at my dad and he's just beaming with pride. And he just looks at me and he goes, you thought outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom's like, David, that's not the message we're trying to send here, all right? He just got all the kids liquored up. He, he grabbed the first liquid he could and sold it to them. My dad's like, yeah, it could have been worse. It could have been bleach, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> would have been pretty cool if it had been bleach, right? Because <laughs> then I'd be famous. <laughs> Guys, you want to keep the show going or what? <laughs> awesome. All right. Give it up for your next comic. Coming all the way to us from Portland, Oregon. All right. She hosts a great uh, show in Portland. Uh, it's called uh, Minority Retort. Everyone, nice and loud. For Julia Ramos. Thank you. Deja vu. <laughs> Just here. Uh, this show's called Oh My DUI. And you guys, which one do you want to hear about? <laughs> 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 There's two. <laughs> yeah, the second one. Oh, it's so, yeah, it's a good one. It's the best one of all of them, that's for sure. Um, so for the second one, I do have to give you a little bit of background on the first one. I got the first one in 2009, and uh, I had been drinking all day, as you do. <laughs> I had my, uh, my bank job at the time, and I was actually so good at my job that I was like, I can do this drunk. That's no big deal at all. <laughs> It was a slow branch. I justified it well. <laughs> and I remember, I do remember there was this one time this guy uh, came in and I did my job and uh, returned later on that day. And I was like, wow, twice in one day, what are you doing? He's like, he gave me the receipt that I had handed him. And I had taken a $300 check and turned it into a $30,000 check. <laughs> the bank fired me. I never even saw it coming. I don't know. <laughs> um, I was like, you could have been rich. This was your moment to take that. So I'd actually been drinking. <laughs> That was my bad. You know, I get one of those. Um, I'd been drinking all day long, and I went and met a friend in downtown Portland. 
which now I drive by all the time. I was like, I don't know how I could have gotten lost, but I did. We went to dinner, and it was in December, and it was had been snowing all day long, and there, like, everything stops for the snow. And so uh, everybody was at this place where we were at. We were going to get dinner and a drink, right? Not a big deal. And so I remember I was waiting there, and because they were so busy, um, I ended up not getting dinner until, like, I mean, we had been there for about an hour and a half, two hours. So on top of drinking all day long, I had drinks there. And I was like, oh, I'm not hungry. <laughs> and so I remember I walked outside, and I was like, I think I should find my car. So I went, found my car, and was like, I got this. No big deal. I do this all the time. <laughs> I'm going to nail it. <laughs> I ended up uh, from southwest Portland to southeast Portland. They're not very far from each other, but it was very much the wrong direction. And uh, I ended up sideswiping a car. Uh, it was a parked car, thankfully. And I was going so slow that the person behind me caught the cops. So they showed up. <laughs> That's when I actually came to a little bit, and um, I remember I pulled over because I knew I was supposed to do that, and as I was waiting, I was like, oh, no, this is not good, and I grabbed the only thing in my car that I had that wasn't alcohol, which was a menthol cough drop. Um, that pretty much just magnifies the smell of alcohol, if anybody's had that. And so, yeah, it was not the best moment for me. Um, he came to the window and knocked on the window I rolled it down and he very much just you know have you been drinking I said yes he says how many and I was like two beers I think you know <laughs> I wasn't gonna say one I'm not an idiot <laughs> and so um <laughs> and so he actually just took me right to his car and um went to went to jail, had the first DUI. And the thing about the first DUI is that I already knew that I had a problem, you know what I mean? Like, I knew I had a problem when I turned watching the show Intervention into a drinking game. Anyone else? <laughs> Still me, okay. <laughs> but that was it, so like, and once I got that first DUI, in a weird way, it was a badge of honor. Like, my friends high-fived me. The cop that I was friends with from high school was like, everybody gets one. Like, it was not a big deal whatsoever but like I knew that that was like a big deal for me I was like oh I gotta be more careful about this drinking and driving thing they're starting to catch on um <laughs> and so I waited about three years um and so the second one so the second one and this is part of like where the last show uh I'm Mexican. I'm very much Mexican. I'm about 85% Mexican, and but I'm very light-skinned. And there was a time while I was drinking and driving that I got pulled over three times in four days, <laughs> drunk for all of them. Not once did I have to step out of the car. Tells you where the Portland police are at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very lucky lady right here. Um, so with the second one, I was back to my drinking all day long, right? And I actually, at this point, my car had stopped working because sometimes I would um, put oil in it and not put the oil cap back on. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I was just like, well, it's fine. I'll just keep putting oil in it all the time. Not a big deal. So the engine blew up. <laughs> I'll remember to stop and add more oil. Uh, engine blew up, no car. And so that was actually good. That was really good for me at that time. I was like, I'll just take a cab to and from work. I'll figure it out that way. Well, one weekend, my stepmom was going to be out of town on a cruise. And so my dad was like, hey, let's hang out. Why don't you, um, he had a work vehicle. And then he had my stepmom's car. He's like, since you don't have a car, why don't you just use your stepmom's car? I'll use the work vehicle. And then, you know, if I need it, I'll let you know. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, 
And so I was constantly carrying alcohol on me at this point. Like I needed it all the time. And so I had little airline bottles of alcohol in my purse and a water bottle filled up with alcohol in my purse. That was, that's what we were, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I did a good job. And um, <laughs> so I remember that day uh, I'd gone to work and I was actually supposed to work like a split shift. So I was going to work um, till about, I think it was like two o'clock, uh, go home and then come back at four and work for a couple of hours for a friend. And I was like, no problem. I got this. And I actually was running low on the water bottle of alcohol that I had. And I was like, I'm going to go home, fill it up, feed my turtle that I lost. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere for five days <laughs> I was just like I'm gonna put little bouts of lettuce and she's gonna find it <laughs> um like a responsible adult uh and so I went home did that and I actually don't recall leaving the apartment I got on um the highway there and at the highway where I needed to get off it actually merges with another highway and at some point I um crashed I guess that's what they said uh <laughs> I don't know the ambulance was right there it was like it was great the efficiency wonderful comment card sent in no problem uh so they did so the ambulance was there took me back and I found out that that day on a Monday afternoon at 3:45, I had a 0.396 blood alcohol content yeah right I was good at it yeah very good at it I was good even when they told me I was like I don't know what that means but that's high and I like it <laughs> uh, and so I remember like uh, the officer was asking me questions and he was sitting in front of me and he was just like I cannot believe that you're answering these right now and I was like I don't know what you mean and he's like well let me just tell you that if I were to drink your blood right now I would get a buzz. <laughs> I was like, officer, <laughs> I wouldn't say no, you know? <laughs> I was drunk. <laughs> so he took my ass to jail, <laughs> as he should have. Uh, and he did. I remember, like, on the way, and this is back to that, like, white privilege, like, they even let me pick the radio station that I listened to on the way to jail. I was like, what? <laughs> Oh my God, I was like, the police are great. <laughs> Motown, please, hello. <laughs> Let's get this party started. <laughs> so we did, on the way, and I remember like we came to a stoplight, you guys, and like he yelled out the car window to the car next to us and was like, uh, you know, is that your car? And the guy's like, yeah, he's like, okay, you know, your tags are expired. The guy's like, yeah, I'm on my way there right now. And the officer was like, they're always on their way. <laughs> From the back seat, you guys, fully handcuffed, I go, oh my God. <laughs> Can you believe some people? <laughs> <laughs> I look back at it now and I'm like proud of myself <laughs> that I was able to like, you know, be that real in that moment with my thoughts and no filter, but what an asshole. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. I'm just very self-aware. <laughs> so he did. He, you know, he took me to jail. And it's still, like, it boggles the mind now that I'm looking back at all of this. Because, like, I got in a little bit of trouble. I was on probation. It wasn't alcohol-related. It was just, like, not following the rules. <laughs> and so I went to jail again <laughs> for a couple of days. And I remember, like, I'm sitting there. <laughs> proud parents. Um, I'm sitting there, like, waiting to get booked. And the officer comes over to me. And I'm waiting in line. And he's just like, um... I just have to, s what did you do? He's like, I can't imagine that you would do anything. And I was like, oh my God, this system is broken. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. <laughs>
Coast, everybody. Keep it going for her. When she had the radio in that cop car and she said the police, I was like, she wants Sting? Like, I don't know. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, yeah. Every breath you take into a breathalyzer. Oh, okay. All right. That is literally the worst thing I ever said on stage, but thank you guys for sitting through that. Um, w- fuck you, Jeremiah. <laughs> You're getting the worst intro ever. <laughs> Guys, we're going to keep this show going. I uh, love this next comic. Uh, we did a show together last night. Uh, just, uh, I was dying, man. He's great. Everyone, give it up for Brian Bixby. All right, thank you. I, uh, yeah, I've been, I, I like drinking. I still do it a lot. Uh, my, my parents were big drinkers. Like, I remember even when I was, like, as young as, like, five years old, my dad would let me try a sip of his beer, like, uh, but first I had to take a shot of Jaeger, like, I had to <laughs> learn to hold your own kid. <laughs> first time that I got drunk, like, wasted drunk, blackout drunk, I was 10 years old. My mom gave me malt liquor. <laughs> Which is adorable when you think about a child holding a 40 with both hands, just <laughs> pouring it back, bitching about SpongeBob, like, ah, let me tell you, uh, Patrick. <laughs> blacked out, puking in on my Scooby Doo underwear. Like, I still wear Scooby Doo underwear. Yeah, I didn't tell you when that was. Uh, that was Tuesday. Ruh-roh. That was funnier than my joke. That was good. Ruh-roh. Yeah, I, uh, most of my <laughs> most of my uh, run-ins with the law and drinking all happened before, like when I was underage, like before I was 21. Uh, I remember the first time that I was at a party that was busted. Uh, the cops came in, and for some reason, I decided to suck on like a mouthful of pennies because somebody told me that would work, <laughs> like that would trick the breathalyzer. I don't know how like the breathalyzer is gonna be like, oh, man, he just has pennies. He can't afford booze. Like, <laughs> this guy's broke. But no, it's more like, oh, he's sucking on pennies. Lock him up. Like, this guy's wasted. He's trying to eat change. <laughs> like, I uh, I used to, in order to get out of underage drinking tickets, there was uh, three times I did this, I uh, would tell the cops that I was going to kill myself. <laughs> I'd tell them that, and then they would just take me to the psych ward, and they wouldn't find me at all. Like, But I'd be black out when that happened, and waking up the next morning is... Way stranger when you have a hangover. Like, in jail, it's one thing. Like, you wake up and there's, like, bars on the window. You're the only white guy. You know where you are, right? Psych ward, it's different. You wake up, there's some guy talking to a ficus. Like, there's people running around just wag. Some guy's just staring in your face when you your eyes open. He's just, like, so it's scary. That's all I have about that. Uh... I liked my stay at the psych ward. It was great. It was good. I just spent, first time I spent like three days there just shuffling around in slipper socks, just putting together puzzles. It was like preschool. It was great. It was awesome. 
I'd go back if they had Legos, but they can't because it's choking hazard. Uh, I still drink. I love drinking. Uh, I, I'll drink almost anything. I can't drink vodka anymore. Had to stop. Can't do it. Uh, it just always gives me chlamydia, you know, like every time. It's an awful drink. I'm kidding. I have actually, I'm proud to say, I have never had an STD test ever. Uh, not once. If you don't test, you can never fail. That's what I always say. Yeah, I like the drinking. Um, people always told me, you know, don't drink tequila. You'll end up naked. I'm like, bullshit. But they were right. Uh, I pissed my pants, so <laughs> I was naked. Is it possible to drink whiskey without fighting a cowboy? I don't know. Is it? My favorite is beer. That's what I drink the most, uh, beer. They, uh, they say that every can of beer contains approximately one pork chop in calories. But I have never eaten nine pork chops and felt like, now I can talk to women all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> it's never like, oh, he ate a whole rack of ribs. Now he won't stop dancing. Look at him go. Like, <laughs> there's no music. <laughs> no. I just get the meat sweats and have to lay down. That's all. <laughs> and nap. I like, uh... I like drugs, too. I'm a big fan of drugs. Uh, ow, mushrooms, anybody? Magic mushrooms. Magic mushrooms. Like, you have to know a wizard to get them. Like, yeah. Could you conjure me up some <laughs> mushrooms? It's always uh, such an enlightening experience every time you take mushrooms. Uh, like, the last time I took them, I s just spent four hours just staring at a wall. That was it. And then I realized they were shiitake mushrooms and I'm just a boring person. Like, that was, I suck. That was my big realization. Like a lot of drugs. Uh, sometimes, sometimes uh, I smoke crack. Uh, sometimes. Only in the mornings uh, because coffee makes me shit. So <laughs> I choose crack. I uh, I think about the apocalypse a lot. I do. What I think is I'm going to die real fast. It's okay. I'm supposed to. What's the last movie you saw where the survivors are like an ex-marine, some hot chick, and a fat, cowardly ginger just walking through some zombie town smearing on sunscreen like, how far is it? I, don't <laughs> I can't keep going. I've always, uh, always been blubbery, uh, just, just forever. Like, I don't, like, I remember, like, in, like, my mom always used to tell people, like, oh, it's just baby fat, that's all. Just a little baby fat. And they'd be like, wow, really? Uh, how many babies did he eat? Because <laughs> most people won't tell you when you're fat. Like, they won't be like, oh, you're too fat, like. Old people will, though. <laughs> like, they will. They don't give a shit. 
I remember the last time that I saw my great-grandmother alive, she said to me, she's like, Brian, you're getting too fat. (laughs) And then she died right there. So sad. I was so fat, she had a heart attack. That's what happened. I uh, I prefer to blame it on my dad, who raised me to eat whatever I wanted. He let me eat anything. He's just like, oh, yeah, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? What could go wrong? That's when I shake my tits in his face. Like, well, you can motorboat your son. That might be wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Is uh, thank you, sir. <laughs> Sometimes I uh, sometimes I like to squeeze my fat tits together, right? <laughs> and then I jizz on them. That's what I do. Uh, I come on my gooey man tits, and that makes it okay that I have them. <laughs> I was hilarious a minute ago. <laughs> Come on your tits once, and everybody who's walking out, huh? (laughs) The party's over once you come on your tits. (laughs) No, I think it's good. I think that makes it okay that I have them, right? Because the sad part about man tits is they have no purpose. But mine saved me from coming in my face, so (laughs) it's it's pretty useful. I uh, I hate people in shape. I do. <laughs> Fuck you if you have abs. Fuck you. <laughs> like, I totally get why joggers are always getting murdered, you know, because... <laughs> 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 Fuck you. <laughs> I used to have... I used to have friends who always wanted to go hiking, like up hills and shit, like, man, fuck you, like, I'm not walking up, a, if I'm walking in the middle of nowhere, you better be killing me, because I'm not walking back, <laughs> I'm not coming back, <laughs> ever try to look like you're not following somebody when you're really not following them, it's weird, like, for some reason, every time I get off the bus at the same stop as a woman, I'm convinced that I'm following her, I don't know, Enough that I have to yell, like, I'm not following you. But I'm a really bad, nervous laugher, so it comes out like, I'm not following you. <laughs> like, hey, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, have a good night. Brian Bixby, everybody. Keep it going for him. We are down to your final comma. You guys ready? Are you ready? I love this guy. Um, this is like the second festival we've done together in a few months. Uh, love working with him. He's hilarious. Guys, let's take this thing home with Jeremiah Coughlin. Hey, everybody. Keep it going for Chris, your host. Let's have a hand for Pam for doing all this. Thank you. This guy for securing the entrance just in case... I don't know what the fuck he's doing, but he feels good about it. So, uh, 
Yeah, uh, Brian, that was really funny. I'm ghosts of fucking Bixby's future, I guess, is what you'd say if you look at me. <laughs> We're like Russian nesting dolls or something like that came out of his ass earlier today. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys a couple stories. Uh, one of them about uh, the time I could have got a DUI, but I didn't. Uh, instead, I only got pepper sprayed by the police. Uh, yeah, right? Could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot worse. Uh, th- God, there's so many fucking stories I have. I was just talking about this last night when we were talking about uh, blood alcohol levels, where I was talking about when I was 20 years old, I drove my dad's Mercedes into a tree, and uh, like I got out and ran for like a couple blocks because I, I was like, we'll just tell them somebody stole it, right? And then... Uh, and then I was like, nah, I got to go back and face the music, right? And then uh, the cops showed up, and I blew a .079. Yeah. 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 After driving into someone's front yard, I didn't get a DUI. I was just like, no, nah, I was tired. I fell asleep, which is true, but the crank had a lot to do with that. Uh, but uh, when I first moved to Portland, I was 26 years old. Uh, I was dating a girl. And we went to Brewfest. Uh, I'd only been, you can't leave, miss. You just can't. You just fucking can't. Sit back down and listen to my story. What could be more important than this? Uh, let her go. Come on, what's the word? What's going to happen? You should be. You should be. You feel shame. Uh, when I was 26 years old, I just moved to Portland, and I was dating this girl, and I decided to go to Brewfest with my buddies. Anybody ever been to a Brewfest, maybe? Yeah, it's great, right? Uh, I got fucking blackout drunk at Brewfest, and there was a girl there who wasn't my girlfriend, but I thought she was going to bang me, uh, so I, I, uh, I was a real stand-up guy, so I didn't want to cheat on my current girlfriend, so I broke up with her with a text message. Yeah, cause yeah, cause I'm a good person, and uh, so we we um, we partied, and then that girl didn't uh, bang me. Uh, so I went back to my buddy's hotel with him, and my phone was about to die, and I wanted to text the girl that I'd broken up with and try to do some damage control, right? See, cause I, that other girl didn't fuck me, and so the only charger I had for my phone was a car charger. So I went and I sat in the front seat of my car and the last thing I remember was turn my key to where the uh, phone charger would work and that's the last thing I remember and the next thing happened, uh, I'm face down on the concrete and there's two people on my back and I don't know who they are or what they want. Yeah, I have no fucking clue how these people got there. Uh, And I just remember thinking, you need to get up right now or you're going to die. I don't know why they're going to kill you, but if you don't stand up, you're going to die. These people are going to kill you. And so uh, adrenaline's a crazy drug, and I actually did a push-up with two large men on my back. I had bruises up and down my arms from them trying to, like, hack my arms out from underneath me. (laughs) And I just wouldn't fucking give up, right? And then I heard one of them say to the other one, all right, let's just fucking do this. And then uh, what that meant, I didn't know, uh, <laughs> was code for uh, let's empty a can of pepper spray on this kid's face. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if you can see me, but a whole can of pepper. I can't eat medium salsa, right? I'm the whitest fucking person you've ever. I don't, I don't, I don't need a fucking can of pepper spray. Uh, but they emptied it. They got every drop out of that. And I was so I was so fucked up that uh, 
I was like the next thing that really I remember is being in the back of the car. I'm handcuffed. I'm in the back of the car and I look down and my shirt is like red and I think that I'm bleeding. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, what did you pigs do to me? Did you beat me up? And there's like, he's like, dude, you don't remember? We just fucking pepper sprayed you. And I was like, no, I don't remember that. Because uh, pepper spray is red, if you didn't know that. It looks a lot like blood. Uh, and so my nice uh, polo shirt from Old Navy is now ruined. And they take me to the drunk tank. Ooh, that was a lot of spit. Sorry. Uh, they take me to the drunk tank. And, like, I just moved to Portland from Kennewick, Washington. I'm, like, this 25-year-old kid. I'm scared. And they take me to the drunk tank. And they took my shirt away uh, because they had hosed me down. Like, I had a little Tommy Boy moment where I was a maniac. And they were, they were hosing me down. Yeah. And they take my shirt away. And they give me, like, a, like a OR scrub, like a purple smock. And they put that on me, and they put me in the drunk tank, and I'm, like, terrified. I'm like, I hope no one talks to me. I don't want to interact with anybody, right? It's, like, w- the weekend of Brewfest, so it's, like, extra. There's a lot of fucking people in the drunk tank, right? And I walk in, and it's, like, all these people that I'm a terrified of are, like, holy fuck, look at that guy. I'm not sitting by him, right? Because I've got a face as red as the devil's dick and a purple. Like, I look like I need to be in the fucking psych ward, right? And so... <laughs> They let me out, uh, and I. Uh, this is at Hooper, and I walked uh, from the Hooper Detox Center uh, to where the hotel was once they let me out a couple hours later. Like, the girl who was the intake person, that cop who pepper sprayed me was her boyfriend. And she was like, hey, uh, he feels really bad. This is all a misunderstanding. I was like, yeah, I, I know. Uh, and then I, I walked, which is like, I found out now it's like a five-mile walk. Uh, it through like the worst part of Portland and same thing. I'm like, holy shit. Look at all these homeless people I'm so scared and they were like, holy fuck. Look at that guy and they were like crossing the street to get away from me and um, I went there and I took a shower uh, which uh, hurts really bad because pepper sprays oil based and it just gets on your balls and it fucking hurts so bad. It's the worst pain you'll ever feel. And I got I got a hold of the girl that I <laughs> broke up with and went over and we made up and then we had sex and then like right as that started she was like, why am I on fire right now? Because that shit, some shit just doesn't wash off. Yeah, and... Uh, I'm happy. The happy ending to that story is that uh, two years ago, me and that girl got a divorce. Uh, so yeah, thank you. Uh, but I don't, I don't drink anymore. Uh, I, I gave that up. Yeah, not for. I'm not a prohibitionist or anything, but I did too much shit like that. Uh, I feel like I, I went out the right way though. Uh, like my last drunk started on a Tuesday in Las Vegas, Nevada. And ended on the following Tuesday in my front yard in Beaverton, Oregon. And I have no fucking clue what happened in those few days. Uh, yeah, it's like some people can't handle Vegas, right? You've heard that? This guy right here, this guy couldn't handle Vegas, yeah. I also couldn't handle, like, uh, Wilmington, Delaware, Bowling Green, Ohio, <laughs> Richland, Washington, Santa Fe, New Mexico. I got kicked out of a lot of places. Uh, I don't know how I'm d- – how am I doing on time? Can I tell you one more story? Okay, I'm going to tell one more story uh, about the time that we should have gotten a... Well, one of my friends did get a DUI in this story. Uh, When I was 18 years old uh, in Kennewick, Washington, our women's, our Lady Lions uh, basketball team uh, went to the state tournament in Tacoma, Washington. And, yeah, they were undefeated. And so we all got as many... 
uh, drugs as we could, and we actually <laughs> we uh, we had like an ounce of weed. You know, it was like the whole like list, right? We had like an ounce of weed, a salt shaker, cocaine, uh, like six tabs of LSD. Like we had a bunch of shit, and we were gonna leave Thursday morning to go to the basketball tournament. And Wednesday night, we all met at my buddy Jordan's uh, mom's house. We're like, uh, yeah, so uh, at like 9 o'clock, we're like, you know, we should eat some of this acid. <laughs> and that seemed like a really good idea. And then around 11 o'clock, it was like, hey, instead of leaving in the morning, let's just go right now. Uh, so we all piled into my buddy Casey's mom's uh, Dodge Voyager uh, van- minivan. And uh, we were all real fucking high, and we all we'd made uh, our own T-shirts. We made white T-shirts that said "Fear and Loathing in Tacoma" on them, because uh, we thought we were the funniest uh, little fucking high school kids. And we were going over Snoqualmie Pass, and we were about halfway there. My buddy Jordan, who was the only like sober one, he was smoking weed, uh, but we were all really fucked up, and he would like straddle the white line and like on the drunk bumps and roll the windows down because it was like three in the morning at this point and yell wake up call at all of us uh, who were in the backseat tripping balls and uh, the Washington State Patrol saw him doing that and they didn't like that. Uh, they, they frowned upon that. Uh, I should back up that earlier in the night I had uh, convinced everybody in the van that we should take our pants off uh, not like naked, naked, but just like in our underwear. It's like, you know, it's comfortable. It's a lot more comfortable if you just take your pants off. And they bought it. And everyone took their pants off except for Jordan, who was driving. And the Washington State Patrol came up to the van and was like, you know, there's like smoke pouring out the windows. And they were like, uh, what the hell is going on here? Uh, who's got the weed? And we were like, oh, no, we're just smoking cigarettes, whatever. And they were like, no, you kids are fucked up. <laughs> And, yeah, he didn't buy it. And so uh, officer whatever comes over, and he, he opens the sliding door of the van, and there's, like, four high school kids with no pants on just, like, sitting there. And the first thing he says is, Jesus, what are you boys, jacking off in here? Right? And we're like, not yet. You know, I mean, you kind of fucking ruined that. And so... Uh, the, there was two kids named Casey in the van, and the other one, uh, <laughs> little Casey, uh, his dad was our high school's dare officer, and uh, they took us all. Yeah, they took us all out of the van, and they made Casey put his pants back on, and then they searched him, and in his pocket was a baggie with uh, like three sugar cubes with LSD on them. And the cop pulls this out of his pocket, and he goes, "Hey, why do you have sugar cubes in your pocket? Are you a diabetic?" And he said, no, it's acid. <laughs> like an idiot. Like, yeah, you're diabetic, you fucking moron. Like, what are you doing? So they took us. So, <laughs> yeah, so there's like the Snoqualmie County Sheriff, which, I mean, it took those guys two seasons to figure out who killed Laura Palmer, right? So they don't, they don't know, <laughs> they don't know shit. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, the Washington State Patrol, and they take us, and, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so these two, like, these three fat cops are standing there, and me and my buddies are all on acid, and we're like, dude, this is pretty fucked, and we're in the back of the car at one point, and my buddy Vince has, like, an Instamatic, like, paper camera, remember those? And he's like, hey, do you want me to take your picture? And we're like, no, sh- please stop. And he's like, I said I'm sorry, and he keeps taking our pictures, like Pee Wee Herman, 
And so we all climb up this hill, and this big fat cop goes, any of you boys running, I'm shooting, which is not something you want to hear when you're on acid. And they, they took Casey, whose dare officer parents had to come get him, and they put him in the holding cell, and we're all kind of standing there. And I'm like, I'm going in this bathroom, and the floor looks like the bottom of a swimming pool, and I'm just frying balls, right? And we look, and there's a tiny window, and Casey's sitting there at the window like, Hey guys, like you gotta, you gotta help me. Like you know, he's just freaking the fuck out. And uh, the only thing I could say was, you should have been fucking diabetic when you had the chance. You fucking moron. Uh, so none of that went on my permanent record. But that's all I have. Thank you guys so much. That was fun. Jeremiah Coughlin, everybody, keep it going for him. Guys, that has been the Nine O'Clock Show. Thank you so much for coming. Give it up for all the comics you saw. Give it up for yourselves. And please stick around. Uh, there is a 10 o'clock show. It's called the Underwear Show. Uh, it is going to get wild, so stick around if you want. Take care. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program we interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m.
Hey, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here. I'm giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh... Listening to MutinyRadio.fm, calling out around the world through the internet from San Francisco, California, and it is time to ride the morning train. Thank you. 
Culture from their 1979 album, International Herb. And we heard It A Godred. <laughs> it A Godred. Culture and International Herb. The show began with what is considered to be among the first dub LPs issued out of Jamaica. It was named Pick A Dub. And 
It was compiled by producer Keith Hudson. That was the title selection, Pick a Dub. And we are off and running on the morning train on mutinyradio.fm in .sf. And this is the Art Ensemble of Chicago. Thank you. 
Roscoe Mitchell, Joseph Jarman, Malachi Favors, and Don Moyer. The Art Ensemble of Chicago recorded in Paris in 1970. That was Fontella Bass on vocals. The song is Tem de Yo-Yo. And you can find that released in a number of different forms. I found that on a compilation in the Americans in Paris series. The Art Ensemble of Chicago... Tem de Yo-Yo. Well, this is J.D. Buell, and I'm happy to be your sole driver on the morning train today. Let's head on to some music from Africa. This is Jambur. (laughs) 